Hey there, everybody. Angela Bowen here, the host of Different Strokes to Move the World, an unofficial Different Strokes podcast. Well, happy 2021, everybody. I am back covering, continuing my coverage of season one of Different Strokes. Now, if you remember the first five episodes, I was only doing an episode a month. Well, that was because I was still covering the show Silver Spoons. Silver Spoons has finished. All five seasons are up and on the Punky Power podcast if you want to start at the beginning and work your way through. But now I'm focused on weekly episodes of Different Strokes. Now before I get into talking about what today's episode is, I do want to let you know that there are eight seasons of the show. I am not... There are some ap- episodes that I simply refuse to do. Because I couldn't get through them the first time. That's why if you do follow the podcast on its Facebook page, Different Strokes to Move the World, a Different Strokes podcast, you will see the lineup is 6, 7, 9, and 10. There's no 8 episode. There is an eighth episode, but like I said, I'm not covering it. It's because it's called uh, Retrospective. All it literally is, it's a 30 minute flashback of the previous seven episodes. There is next to nothing of a plot to it. And I'm like, no, no, no. I, I can't. So... And what I plan to do is, just like with Silver Spoons, I was releasing that on Sunday, I'm going to be releasing the Different Strokes podcast episodes on Sunday as well. That way it gives you something to start your week with. So as I was saying before about the podcast being on social media, you can find it on Facebook. It has its own Facebook page. Also, it does share space with the Instagram Punky Power PB Podcast on Instagram. And also, if you're already following along on the Punky Power Punky Brewster Podcast Facebook page, you will see podcast episode links for the Different Strokes podcast show up as well. I think that's what I'm going to do is give you guys a heads up at at the beginning of each month, like, okay, here are the four episodes I'm doing for January, which are up there. Here are the episodes that I'm covering for February, and so on and so forth. So, this month, the episodes I'll be covering, today's episode is Season 1, Episode 6, Goodbye, Dolly. Next week will be The Trial. The week after that is The Fight, where we hear of a character who we will never see, but his name gets mentioned in several episodes throughout eight seasons. The Gooch. (laughs) And of course, the club meeting. So let's go back to the episode I'll be focusing on today, which is Goodbye Dolly. This aired December 8th, 1978. So this is kind of interesting. Most of the shows I cover are usually set in the 80s. And I was born in 1982, so I don't really recollect, there'd be no way for me to recollect anything in the 70s. But 
my original viewing of this, it was fun because I was hitting a time period that I was not familiar with. And and the clothes and, and the lingo and everything, like, oh, wow. So, in this episode, after Kimberly donates Arnold's ratty old doll named Homer to charity and it is sold, he can't sleep. Mr. Drummond quickly tires of this, so he hires a detective to try and find the doll. Now, this is definitely, definitely giving me Punky Brewster vibes and also Full House vibes. In Punky Brewster Season 1, we had an episode called Bye Bye My, where Punky loses, well, she doesn't necessarily lose her doll. Henry figures the doll, the doll's head keeps popping off and he's getting tired of having to fix it, so he tosses it in the trash and just buys her a new doll. So, and of course, the reason Punky is so attached to this doll is because this is one of the last things that she has from before Henry, you know, when she was living with her mom. So there's that sentimentality. In Full House, Goodbye Mr. Bear in Season 2, Stephanie has Mr. Bear. And they're, again, they're donating stuff to charity. Kind of like in this situation. And Joey thinks he accidentally donated Mr. Bear with all the other toys. And it turns, she even gets a police cop, a police cop, a police officer, to come in and do a description for Mr. Bear. Like, you gotta find him, he's lost. Just kind of like when Mr. Drummond here, when he hires a detective, because, you know, he can do that. Of course, in Punky Brewster, Punky learns to love another doll. And goodbye, Mr. Bear. Turns out Mr. Bear was taken by Michelle. And she returns him in the final few minutes of the episode. I cannot remember. It's been probably about almost two years since I started watching this show just for my own enjoyment. So I can't remember how this ends. I really don't remember. But that's why I'm just, I'm so excited to go back because the show just, Different Strokes really helped me out a lot in 2019. You know, getting through my dad, you know, working through my dad's death, the show Different Strokes was a comfort. And I loved watching Arnold and Willis and Kimberly growing up and facing new challenges. So this episode's got a 7.2 out of 10 based on 71 ratings. We do have a particular character who I believe, I think this is, this might be the guy that comes back as different characters throughout the show's run. Oh, yes he does. He comes back in... Season 1, Episode 15, The New Landlord, and Season 1, Episode 22, The Girls' School, which is the spin-off episode that would carry through into creating the facts of life. And he was also in Season 7 as blue, in Blue Collar Drummond, but we are at least three to... F- like I said, this is 
eight seasons, guys. And this is going to be a big one because most of my podcast shows wrap up a little over two years. So we'll see how it goes. Like I said, I'm not doing every single episode, but I will, I believe I will be covering at least 90-ish percent of the episodes. There are episodes down the road that will require a little uh, PSA public service announcement for me just to let you know this is covering a serious topic. Like it's my podcasts on the Punky Power podcast are family friendly. If there's an episode that is focusing on something that you are not ready to talk to your child about, I will give you a heads up and say it's up to your discretion if you want to skip over it. I will handle these episodes with the most gentleness as I have within me to do. Because these are important episodes, especially the serious ones that come up, but... That's up to you and your own discretion whether it's something you want, you're ready to have a conversation with your child about. There's an episode about kidnapping. There's an episode about... There's actually a couple episodes about kidnapping now that I think about it. Not only Sam in season 8, but there's also with Kimberly and Arnold. There's episodes about kids being, you know, tempted by drugs. There's episodes about premarital sex stuff like that and of course I'm not forgetting the episode with the bicycle man which I'm gonna say of course I'm covering that episode it's still years out but I felt really sick and uncomfortable just due to the subject matter the, if you're not familiar with the Bicycle Man episode, it is one of the most special, it's like the special episode of television. The specialist of TV special, very special episodes. Uh, deals with a child molester who runs a bike shop and he coerces Arnold and his friend Dudley to his apartment and it's just I'm not going to say anything more but I'll I'll get to that when I get to that yes Jack Riley who I believe does play the detective in this episode will play in two other episodes in season one and season seven that's he's one of those guys he honestly when I look at him it makes me think of a very young Steve Martin alright so this episode was directed by Herbert Kenwith Writers Albert E. Lewin, Bernie Kukoff, Jeff Harris. So, Jeff Harris and Bernie, they're the creators, and Albert, this episode was written by Albert. Okay. But also with help from Bernie and Jeff. There are no reviews for this episode. And, yeah, I'm going to call it right here. I recognize Arnold's doll. He calls him Homer, but... Arnold's doll is actually a plush Paddington bear. The title is a reference to the musical Hello, Dolly. Really? Okay. Interesting. That I did not know. I'm not really... I don't really watch a lot of musicals. 
So if any of you real quick want to send an email in regards to the episodes that I plan to do or are covering, if you have an opinion, if you want to be heard on the podcast, I want to hear from you. If you have memories of your original viewings of episodes of Different Strokes or how much the show means to you, you can send an email to punkypowerpbpodcast at gmail.com. Because I'm not making an email for every single podcast episode. I made one for Silver Spoons and never got an email, so I'm like, no, we're not doing that anymore. Alright, without further ado, let's jump into Goodbye Dolly. Alright, so the episode begins. We're in the boys' bedroom. Of course, they have bunk beds. Arnold's on the top, and Willis is on the bottom. So... (laughs) And Arnold's got a ladder just to the side of his bunk bed so he can climb down it. Instead, he decides to climb over the side of it. And he's got his doll. He's got Homer, his Paddington bear. I love how he, like, puts a finger to his lips like, And I gotta say, I love Arnold's yellow pajamas. I like and they're the old kind that have like the little um the flap in the back that's held up by the little buttons. So this is so sweet. Arnold hugs his bear Homer and kisses him on the nose and puts him in the top drawer of his dresser. Aww. See when I first started watching this, Arnold's about what, eight nine here? And and I know that Gary Coleman is small. I know that. But it just seems like sometimes his mannerisms, it's like I originally, before I knew how old his character was, I would have said, put him more at the age of six. Because if he's supposed to be eight, and I know eight-year-olds are really you know energetic and they're wily and everything like that, but he just... His mannerisms, like, kind of put him closer to the age of, like, six or seven. So, Willis wakes up, sees what Arnold is doing as Arnold (laughs) turns away from the dresser. He sees that Willis's bed is empty because Willis got up and slinked past Arnold when he wasn't looking and is leaning against the dresser. So, Willis is getting after Arnold for sneaking around, like, Arnold, don't you think it's about time to stop sneaking around? And... Arnold says, I wasn't sneaking around. I thought I had mice in my socks. I don't like that. I don't like that at all. (laughs) And Willis brings up the fact, which I'm going to guess that some of the other family members start kind of following Willis's lead, as Willis says. Don't you think it's about time that you stop sleeping with that doll? Of course, Arnold here is trying to play dumb. Like, oh, what doll? Do you see a doll here? I don't see a doll here. Oh, okay. I think I get it now. He was hiding the doll to make it look like, oh, no, there's not a... Because, you know, it's his his big brother, and, of course, he wants to follow his lead. Like, maybe he is still a little embarrassed. Like, yes, I, I still, you know, I need my Homer doll for security and comfort and everything, but doesn't want his big brother to pick on him. Willis pulls the drawer over and says, this doll right here. You're sleeping with this doll. And Arnold, he's like, are you accusing me of sleeping in that drawer? (laughs) The thing about, and they do this a lot. Um, I 
think to kind of back off like towards the end of the show's run with the short jokes with Arnold. But in the first few seasons, they are hot and heavy with those short jokes. Willis tells him, you're the only one in the family that could. So Willis is not going to let up on Arnold. Like, this doll right here, this ratty old doll, I can't believe you're still sleeping with it. And Arnold takes it from Willis. Like, great, you can for- we can forget the whole thing. Like, just drop it already. And Arnold reminds Willis, it's like, Homer's my best friend. We've been together since I was a little kid. And Arnold reminds Willis also that Homer stuck by me when I had the mumps. When did you, what did you ever do? Arnold had the mumps, huh? When did that measles, mumps, rubella inoculate? Because I know I got it. And that if it's still true... If a male, if a guy gets mumps, they can't have kids. Not that I'm thinking about, you know, know, Arnold having kids down the road, but I thought it made them, whatever. Anyway, I'm just, I just watched a Simpsons episode also that where Lisa got the mumps. Oh, actually, no, I think about it. DJ also got the mumps. Stephanie reveals that in the episode Crush. Oh, apparently Willis also had the mumps because he said he gave them to Arnold. Oh, boy. Well, I guess we can definitely say that the uh, Jackson bloodline ends with the boys. Probably two weeks, huh? Wow, that's a vacation. (laughs) Arnold got to stay out of school. So, yeah, Arnold just wants to keep this on the DL. Like, don't tell anybody someone that don't. Especially not Kimberly or Mrs. Garrett. Because <laughs> he puts Homer back in the drawer and says, nobody knows. And Willis stands up and leans over and says, are you calling me a nobody? And I love how Arnold, like, points, puts his finger in Willis's chest and pushes him down on the bed and says, yeah, and nobody better say anything. Hi, Willis. What's new? (laughs) Isn't it about time you stop sneaking around? I wasn't sneaking around. I thought I heard mice in my socks. It's about time you stop sleeping with that doll. Me sleeping with a doll? What doll? Dog. Are you accusing me of sleeping in that drawer? <laughs> You're the only one in the family who could. <laughs> this ratty old thing. You trying to tell me I'm dreaming this? I'm giving it my best shot. <laughs> I got your age sleeping with a doll. I can't believe it. Good. We can forget the whole thing. Home is my best friend. We've been together since I was a little kid. You stuck with me when I had the mumps. What did you ever do for me? I gave you the mumps. <laughs> Kept you out of school two whole weeks. Okay, I owe you one disease. Let's just forget I sleep with a dog. Nobody knows. 
You calling me a nobody? Yeah, and nobody better tell nobody. <laughs> All right, so in the next scene, we're at the breakfast table. Kimberly's down there. Mrs. Garrett's down there cooking breakfast. We see an old suitcase and a few other things. Mr. Drummond, I gotta decide right now, am I gonna just refer to him as Mr. Drummond or call him Philip? Because his name is Philip. So, I'll just say, you know, because I didn't call Henry a Mr. Warnemont, so I'll just stick with Philip. So, Philip comes in, says good morning to Kimberly, gives her a kiss on the cheek, says, honey, what is all this? And she explains that her school, because she does go to a private all-girls school, she says they're doing a donation drive, and that way everyone can have some. She says, I already put your name down, too. And he said, oh, great. Well, you know, I mean, those golf clubs, I never use those. In fact, my caddy told me I should take a bowling instead. Mrs. Garrett, of course, makes a joke about her husband. Her, um, I'm guessing her... Is it her ex-husband or has her husband passed? Because she says, I wish that I was still married so I could donate my, my husband, my ex-husband or whatever. <laughs> I'm trying to remember. I think that her husband was kind of a, uh, a lush, kind of a, he drank. But I think it just, um, the guy was no good. I gotta say, Kimberly's hair, I am digging it. it. She's got pigtails, but they're the curly kind. They got little curly cues. They're really cute. It's giving me kind of like Punky Brewster-ish vibes. This is 78, so Punky Brewster would still be a good six years away. Oh my god, you know, I just thought of it. Punky Brewster and Silver Spoons were both created by... The people that were, you know, worked on different strokes. And I'm just like, yeah. Arnold and Willis are kind of like punky Brewster in a way. And Drummond's kind of like the Henry Warnemont. And then you have Silver Spoons where Rick Stratton comes to live with his father who has a lot of money. Kind of like the situation that the boys are in. So it's interesting how this one show... You split it in two, you got two separate shows <laughs> that are kind of, yeah. So Kimberly asked Mrs. Garrett, like, do you have anything you want to donate? And she's like, yes, I'll donate my black wig. Whenever I wore it, everyone thought I was Elizabeth Taylor. <laughs> now, Mrs. Garrett is a redhead. Like, I can't see her wearing a black wig. It's just, mm, no. So here come Arnold and Willis into the kitchen, and I love... Mrs. Garrett and Arnold's relationship. She just picks him up and they hug. And he looks down at the waffles. He's like, good morning, waffles. And I'm so sorry you won't be around long enough to enjoy it. <laughs> These jokes are so cute. That is a big fridge. And it's a side-by-side it's a -side fridge, too. But wow, is it huge. So Willis pulls... It looks like he's pulling... He pulled a bottle of juice out of the fridge. And he notices a red suitcase with 
blue and yellow flowers on it. He's like, what's with the suitcase? Kimberly running away from home? <clears throat> of course, he's got to get his cracks in at Kimberly. So, Philip tells the boys that Kimberly is running a little charity drive donation thing at school. And, you know, if you guys want to donate anything, go for it. So, Arnold, of course, is like, hey, can we donate Willis? And Willis... You know, says, hey, I got a couple of pair, uh, pair of sneakers you can borrow. They're so old, they ran out of snake. <laughs> um, I think usually when it comes to donations, they want stuff that's gently used, not something you're going to chuck in the trash. I mean, you know, I worked at a Goodwill in the donations area, and let me tell you, some of the garbage that people would donate, it's just, literally, people were cleaning out their car and giving us absolute trash. And like, do we look like a dumpster? No. So, Kimberly says, Arnold, come on, there's gotta be something you wanna get rid of. And Arnold says, yeah, I wanna give some poor deserving kid my my uh, next two years of school. And Philip brings up Homer. He's like, what about that beat up doll you sleep with? <laughs> And Arnold, of course, feigns innocence like, doll? Who here sleeps with a doll? So, Arnold turns his head and starts glaring at Willis like, who's got a doll? Like, you're told, brother. Apparently, Mrs. Garrett knows that Homer's in the drawer because, of course, she's doing the boys' laundry, so, and putting it away, she probably, he, he probably did... That's what his regular hiding spot is to put Homer in the doll in the uh in the drawer. So Kimberly, oh yeah, the doll with the the yellow hat. I'm like it's Paddington, but of course I can't call it a Paddington bear. <laughs> and Arnold is just looking at Willis like you told. <laughs> and Willis says I didn't open my mouth. And Arnold tells him, well then your mouth's got a leak somewhere. So, Arnold gets up and hops off the chair, and Philip says, Arnold, where are you going? He's like, where are you going, buddy? And Arnold says, I'm not hungry. You can give my waffles to charity. It's something serious if this boy don't want to eat, because the one thing we know about Arnold, he has got a... This kid's got a voracious appetite. He really, really does for food, like... And it, it's something that continues through all the way through season eight. So Philip takes and puts Arnold on his lap and says, you know, you don't want to be embarrassed about sleeping with a doll. Kimberly used to sleep with a doll. And Kimberly says, yeah, it was the kind that used to cry real tears. Daddy used to think I went to bed. How much was it wedding? That much tears? There's a leak in that doll. It makes me think of when I was like nine and I got one of these, it was like a baby alive doll where it would jiggle and stuff. You'd like, it would have um, a thing on the back where you could like put water in it and that would make it alive. But all it really did was leak. I don't remember sleeping with the doll. I mean, gosh, now that I think about it, I can't even remember if I even, if I did have... A stuffed animal or doll or something that I used to sleep with at night as a child growing up. I really honestly don't know. The only thing I can remember is that little uh, Scooby-Doo 
thing that I had that um, occasionally accompanied me to um, doctor visits and stuff like that. But anything after that, I don't, I don't remember any stuffed animals in the bed. I, I had stuffed animals, but I don't think I slept with them. So, Mrs. Garrett, trying to be comforting to Arnold, says, You know, I never told anybody this, but I used to sleep with a doll until I was in my late 20s. It was a stuffed owl. And she'd squeeze it, and it would go, Hoo! Hoo! And Mrs. Garrett would say, Anybody! Anybody! <laughs> and I like what Philip says here. He says, Arnold, you'll, you're just not old enough to... No one, it's time to give up your doll. When you are ready, you'll know. And that's going to be comforting. It's like, yeah, you, you know you're not ready. And when the time comes that you don't want to be, you know, sleep with your doll anymore, it, it'll happen for you. So it's not like he's trying to rush this process. But of course, Arnold is like, I am so ready. I can give up that ratty old doll. Ooh. I get the feeling that this is kind of like more, more like Arnold wants to see himself as not a little kid and kind of like a like a real man doesn't sleep with a doll and that kind of attitude. He's like, no, no, I'm not a little kid. I can give up that doll. And Willis even said, you know, Arnold, like Mr. Drummond said, you don't have to give up your doll. And Arnold's like, no, no, I want to. You know he doesn't want to. He's just trying to put on the tough so he says, I'm a big boy now, Mrs. Garrett, and I want a double order of waffles and a beer to go. <laughs> okay, buddy. Calm down. There you go, dear. Thanks, Mrs. Garrett. Good morning, Mrs. Garrett. Good morning, Mr. Drummond. Good morning, Daddy. Good morning. Well, Kimberly, what's all this? Oh, our school's having a charity sale, and all the students are donating things. Oh. I put you down for something, Daddy. Oh? Like what? Like anything you'd like to give. Can be old or new. I wish I was still married. Why is that? I donate my old husband. <laughs> hey, you can have my old golf clubs. The last time I played golf, the caddy suggested I take up bowling. He said the balls are harder to lose. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Daddy. I'll take them. Mrs. Garrett, do you have something you'd like to donate to charity? Yeah, I got something for you. I'll donate my black wig. I gave it up because everyone thought I was Elizabeth Taylor. Hi, everybody. Hi, Mrs. Garrett. Good morning, Waffles. It's a lovely day, and I'm so sorry you can't be around long enough to enjoy it. Hey, what's Kimberly doing? Running away from home? Looks like she's doing it the smart way. After breakfast. Oh, thanks. Ooh. Kimberly is collecting old things for a charity sale at her school. Yeah, I'm counting on you guys to donate something you don't need. Will you take Willis? <laughs> I have no pair of sneakers you can have. They're so old they ran out of sneak. <laughs> Come on, Arnold. You must have something you want to get rid of. Yeah, I like to give some poor deserving kid my next two years of school. <laughs> hey, Arnold. What about that beat-up doll you sleep with? Doll? Who sleeps with a doll? What doll? And who's got a doll? The one you keep in the dresser drawer? The one with the yellow hat? Nobody knows, huh? You told. 
I didn't open my mouth. Then your mouth has a real bad leak. <laughs> Listen, Arnold, I didn't tell. You must have said something about Homer. No, I didn't. I have secrets I don't even tell myself. Hey, Arnold, where are you going? I'm not hungry. You can get my waffles to charity. Hey, come here, Arnold. Look, now, you don't need to feel embarrassed just because you sleep with a doll. Kimberly used to do that. Sure, it was the kind that cried real tears. Daddy used to think I wet the bed. Arnold, I never told this to anybody before, but I slept with a doll until I was in my late 20s. You did? Mm-hmm. It was a little owl, and every night I'd squeeze it, and it would say, hoo, hoo, and I'd answer, anybody, anybody. <laughs> You see, Arnold, there's no reason for you to feel bad. You're just not old enough yet to give up your doll. You'll do it when you're ready. I am so old enough. I give up that ratty old doll. Like Mr. Drummond said, Arnold, you don't have to. Well, I want to, and I'm giving it up. I'm a big boy now, Miss Garrett. I like a double load of waffles and a bearded goat. <laughs> so... Now we're back in the the boys' bedroom. It's nighttime. Arnold is having problems sleeping without Homer. Which, honestly, for anyone who's trying to give up anything, whether it's pop or candy or whatever your vices are that you're like... Even like with New Year's resolutions, people... Or with Lent, people say, I want to give up this or that. Just know the first 24 to 48 hours has got to be the hardest. Because Arnold slips out of bed, goes over to the drawer where he remembers placing Homer, and Homer's not in the drawer. So Arnold is really having withdrawals here. He's like, I know I put it in here. He starts crawling around on the floor looking underneath the bed and then he pulls out the second dresser drawer and just starts ripping clothes, like flinging them all over the room. Then he starts screaming, it's gone, it's gone, there's a robber! And of course he wakes up Willis. Well, because he's on the bottom bunk, of course when he sits up, he's going to hit his head. I like how this bunk bed even has a built-in desk on the bottom. I think that is really, really cool. Grant, I mean, it's cool, but there isn't any light. You don't got a lamp there on that desk. I don't know what homework you're going to be doing because you're going to basically be doing it in the dark. <laughs> but there is another desk in that room to do stuff on. So, at the word robbers, Willis is out of his bed. Like, what? Robbers? What? Where? And Arnold tells him, no, don't touch anything. Because of, they gotta, the, they gotta get fingerprints. Somebody took Homer. And that's when Willis stops it and is like, what? Homer? Seriously? I thought you were done with sleeping with that doll. Willis picks Arnold up and puts him on his bed and calls him a dummy. Like, oh, you little dummy. And Arnold says, don't dummy me. They have 
they're holding Homer for ransom. So, of course, all this commotion brings them on Philip and Kimberly. And Philip asks, you know, boys, what's going on here? And typical little kid temper tantrum. Arnold's phone, somebody stole my doll! Uh, I just full on little child. I'm upset. I just... Uh, I mean, he is like seconds away from throwing himself on the floor and like kicking his hands and feet. Like, yeah! Willis tells Arnold like, cool it, buddy. Look, Homer is not missing. And Willis, Arnold turns to Willis and is like, what are you talking about? What you talking about? And Kimberly says, well, Willis gave me Homer to give to charity. Oh, boy. Well, because the fact that at breakfast, you said you were done with Homer. You were going to give him up. You told us that. We're all witnesses. We all heard you. Yeah, Arnold turns to Willis and says, Who said you could give my doll away? I like what Philip does here as he tells Arnold, like, no. Arnold, at breakfast, you said you were too old to have a doll. Yeah, he, he said, you told everyone at breakfast you were giving Homer up. And Arnold is like, don't you know when a guy is bluffing to save his reputation? <laughs> so Willis tries to paint a bleak future for Arnold. Like, really, Arnold? You're gonna end up with a wife, two kids, and a doll that you still sleep with at 35? Really? Arnold tells us, you can have my wife and two kids. I just want my doll. He is really broken up about this. So, Philip puts an arm around Arnold and says, hey, buddy, look, we can solve this so quickly. Kimberly, give him the doll. And... Turns out, Kimberly already gave all the stuff that was donations she was going to give to that charity sale. I thought it was a drive. Like, you get a bunch of stuff, you donate it to the Red Cross, or you donate it to the Salvation Army, or... Apparently it was a sale where, apparently, what, I guess, what other people are going to buy this used stuff, and maybe the money's going to the school. I don't know. I don't know. He, he, oh, he was sold. Oh, boy. Oh, well, that really complicates things, doesn't it? Um, uh, get out your pocketbook there, Philip. And Arnold can't believe it. He's like, Kimberly, you sold my doll? I think my heart just stopped. So, Philip says, Kimberly, in the morning, go buy Homer back for Arnold. Apparently, it was just some man, some random person. I thought she was going to say something like, well, I have no idea who sold the doll because I just handed the stuff off and someone else kind of took over. So, good thinking on Willis. It's like, hey, maybe he'll have the, you know, the, the charity sale. They'll have the guy's name and address so we can get a hold of him. Now, this is 1978. I don't know if even then it was something, even if you plead your case, like, hey, my little brother needs his doll. He's having withdrawals. He sleeps with it every night. Don't ask. I, we're trying to get him off of it. But, and I can imagine the people say, well, unfortunately, that is confidential. We don't give names and addresses. Yeah, nah, nah, that's a liability. I, even in 78, I'm like, oh, really? Would they willingly just hand over that information? I don't know. 
Philip says, you know, charities are tax deductible. Maybe he bought Homer with a check. And Kimberly says, a check for 10 cents. 10 cents for a used stuffed animal? Even the ones we sold at Goodwill were like 50 cents to a buck. I mean, my my little foot lamb before time, I think I got that for like a dollar or two bucks. I can imagine Arnold would be irritated. Like, seriously, you sold my doll for 10 cents? Yeah, Arnold's like, you sold my best friend for 10 cents? And Kimberly tells Arnold, well, originally it was 15, but he talked us down to 10. Ugh. And like I said, it is a Paddington Bear doll. So, and I'm trying to remember, I gotta look at that face, that Paddington face. I think the nose had been rubbed off. So it's not like it was in mint condition. Homer's like, you sold him to a cheapskate. Philip comes over, picks up Arnold, says, don't worry, buddy, tomorrow we will find Homer. We will find him for you. So Philip puts Arnold back on his bunk. It's like, alright, off to sleep. And Arnold tells him, how am I going to sleep without Homer? And Philip says, don't worry, soon you'll be sound asleep. It'll be fine. And Arnold says, no, I'll only be wide awake. There is a Harvard pennant right above the bunk, the top bunk where Arnold sleeps. Willis even tells Arnold, hey, buddy, I'll buy you another doll if that's your, if, if that's the problem. And Arnold says, no, I can't sleep with another doll. And I'm just thinking the same thing with, like, Stephanie from Full House when her grandparents bought her, like, ten stuffed bears as a replacement for Mr. Bear. Or when Henry tried to fool Punky with saying, oh, I got your doll fixed. And he has, like, her face, like, wrapped in gauze. And he's unwrapped, like, here, here's your doll all fixed. Like, no, that's not my. So I was like, no. The answer isn't don't get a replacement and have them to move on. The an- I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It's not an easy answer. He does not want a replacement doll. He wants his. And I really don't like calling it a doll. It's a stuffed animal. But for, for Arnold's sake, I will continue to call it a doll. Or Homer. And Philip... Just says, hey, you can sleep without Homer. You can do it. And Arnold tells him, no, I can't. It's like eating a breakfast cereal that doesn't snap, crackle, and pop up my nose. (laughs) Ah, Rice Krispies. Where would we be without them? And Willis is like begging Arnold at this point. Like, can you please just sleep without him for one night, please? So Arnold says, all right, I'll try to sleep without Homer. But I'm telling you, trying to cut cold turkey, it's not going to be easy. So, uh, uh, Philip kisses the boys goodnight. Kimberly says goodnight to the boys. And Willis hops up on the top bunk with Arnold like, Hey, buddy, look, I'm sorry, okay? You know I would never do anything to hurt you. Because Arnold's like, don't talk to me. And Willis tells him, like, hey, we're brothers. And Arnold looks at him and says, yeah, I'd rather be complete strangers. Willis is pretty much defending his actions. Like, he said, you said... Arnold, in front of everybody that you were giving up Homer. You said that. We all heard you. And Arnold, of course, says, you know, I didn't mean it like that. I just said it for the family. I didn't... And to Willis's credit, it's like, how was I supposed to know? 
Like, buddy, you say you're gonna do something, people are gonna take you, literally. What you talking about? <laughs> Willis gave me Homer for charity. Who said you could give my doll away? Now, Arnold, this morning at breakfast in front of everybody, you said that you were a big boy now and that you were giving Homer up. Don't you guys know when a little kid is bluffing to save his reputation? <laughs> Arnold, you're going to end up a 35-year-old man with a wife, two kids, and a doll? You can have my wife and two kids. I just want my dog. Arnold, Arnold, this is easily solved. Kimberly, give him back his doll. We can all go to bed. I wish I could, Daddy, but Homer was sold this afternoon. You sold Homer? I think my heart just stopped. Kimberly, first thing tomorrow, I want you to go and buy Homer back. From who, Daddy? It was just some man. Maybe they'll have his name and address at the charity sale. That's right. Charities are tax deductible. Maybe he bought Homer with a check. A check for 10 cents? <laughs> you saw my best friend for 10 cents? <coughs> you were asking 15, but he talked us down. <laughs> Poor Homer. Shown to a cheapskate. Oh, Arnold, don't give up hope. Tomorrow, somehow... We'll find Homer. Now, off to bed. How am I going to fall asleep tonight? Oh, don't worry. You'll be able to fall asleep. No, I won't. Without Homer, I'll only be able to fall awake. <laughs> Arnold, I'll buy you another doll to sleep with. I can't sleep with another doll. What kind of guy you think I am? <laughs> Arnold, you can sleep without Homer. Never. Sleeping without a homer is like eating a breakfast cereal that don't crackle and pop up your nose. Aw, <laughs> oh, come on. Poor homer. He never slept without me. <laughs> Could you try sleeping without homer for one night? Well, I'll try sleeping without homer. But it ain't easy quitting cold turkey. <laughs> you can do it. Good night, Arnold. Good night, Willis. Good night, Mr. Jones. Good night, guys. Lights out. Arnold. Don't talk to me. Listen, Arnold. I'm sorry, but I wouldn't do anything to hurt you. You know, we're brothers. I'd rather be total strangers. <laughs> Man, I didn't do it on purpose. You still did it. Yeah, but only because you said yourself this morning you were giving that doll up. In front of everybody. Boys, I said that for them. Not us. How am I supposed to know that? Willis, you better stand up for the rest of your life or you'll be sitting on your brains. <laughs> so, of course, Arnold can't sleep. He sneaks downstairs. <laughs> this is the weirdest position. He takes his pillow, puts it on the floor, puts 
a ki- a cushion that's on the couch towards the end of the couch and he has his legs propped up like half of his body is on the floor on his pillow and his from his knees to his feet are on the couch and like that is got to be the most uncomfortable position but then again you know who hasn't Okay, seriously, now I remember doing this when I was a kid, where I would sit on the couch upside down. Just, you know, for funsies, because I could. Granted, after a while, (laughs) it didn't feel so great. I totally forgot, it's like, yeah, 78, they did have remotes. Although, back in 78, they didn't have a bunch of channels. Even in the early 90s, if you didn't have cable, you were pretty much stuck with... I know until the 90s... Before the 90s, Fox did not exist. There was ABC, there was NBC, there was CBS, there was PBS. I don't... That's basically four channels. I don't think I'm missing anything. But then in the 90s, when Fox came along, that added, you know, an extra channel there. I remember when I was covering the Wonder Years, even in the early 70s, there were remotes. So Arnold pops the TV on, he's watching The Late Late Show. Now we go to the kitchen where Philip has decided to come down and get a midnight snack. I I don't know what exact time it is, it's got to be early a.m. And I'm not sure if this is a weekend or a weekday. Because, I mean, if it's a weekday and the kids are going to be up for school the next day, I'd be pretty irritated. Like, why are you waking me up? i got to get up for school later. Oh, it seems like the show, the shows that I watch, it always seems whenever someone's coming down for a midnight snack, it's either pizza or chicken. And Philip is no different as he pulls out a plate of chicken. I'm guessing this is where Jesse in Full House and Fuller House got the idea for the chicken. I don't know, but... (laughs) Speaking of chicken, we actually did get KFC yesterday for the first time since we've been down here in Texas. We've been down here now, let's see, like five months? Wow, I can't believe it's been five months already. So apparently Philip is going to eat that chicken in the dark in the kitchen. Oh, here comes Mrs. Garrett with a baseball bat because she probably thinks it's a... Always whenever something's going on in the middle of the night and someone comes downstairs, they're always like, it's a robber! It's a robber! Like, you don't know that. Mrs. Garrett's like, one move and I'll beam you. And then Philip turns around like, excuse me? And Philip says, Mrs. Garrett, it's me! And she flicks the light on. And he makes a joke like, hey, no fair, your bat is bigger than mine as he holds up a drumstick. <laughs> Burglar, prowler. He makes a joke about how, good thing I didn't hit you over the head, tomorrow's payday. <laughs> so we go back to the living room. Arnold is watching something that seems like a couple people are robbing a house. Because they... <laughs> and of course... This feels like such a Home Alone moment when Kevin McAllister is using that movie on the pizza guy and then also on Marv. Because the guy on the television is like, oh, 
watch out for that lamp, and you hear it crash. Of course, the TV must be so loud because Mrs. Garrett and Philip hear it. They're like, what is that? The voices are very clear. And you guys know, come on, this no way would this work in real life. You can tell when there's something on television. You can distinguish the voices that are on television or the voices that would actually be in a room. So, Mrs. Garrett, of course, grabs the bat again as they both go charging into the living room. So, Mrs. Garrett hands Philip the bat and he's like, No, I'm better with a phone. I'll call the police. As Mrs. Garrett is leaning up against the door to the living room, in comes charging Arnold. It's like, hey, what are you doing? And, of course, Mrs. Garrett still thinks there's robbers in the house, so she puts a hand over Arnold's mouth. Like, and they're oh, good thing they didn't see you. And Arnold's like, who? And Philip says, the burglars. And Arnold says, they had to call, come all the way up here from Harlem to get to rip me off. <laughs> and Mrs. Garrett goes back over the door and she's like, I'm hearing something about used cars. And then she's like, used cars? It's clearly a commercial. Arnold says, oh, that crazy Sam, that used car man. <laughs> and this is where Philip hangs up the phone. It's like, Arnold, is a TV on in there? And Arnold tells Philip, like, yeah, I mean, I, I couldn't sleep, so I was watching TV. So Mrs. Garrett excuses herself to turn the set off. Uh, here come Willis and Kimberly, wondering what's going on. Yeah, they're like, what's all the noise? What's going on? And Philip tells them, like, no, it's not a big deal. Arnold just couldn't sleep, so he turned on the TV to keep him company for a bit. And Arnold again makes a plea for Homer, saying, I can't sleep without Homer, otherwise the monsters will get me. Which is a typical, you know, that's probably another reason why a kid would sleep with a stuffed animal. because they want the comfort and protection and security. Like, mom and dad are in another room, so I need, even though Willis is just below, in the bed below him, it's like, no, I need something with me. Like, he probably does feel that Homer provides protection away from, you know, the monsters and the closet and under the bed and all that stuff. And I like how Philip bends down to Arnold's level and tells him, you're a big boy, there's no monsters in your room. And Arnold says, well, you haven't heard Willis snore. So Mrs. Garrett comes back in from the living room into the kitchen she went to turn off the television. I'm sure she got caught up in a commercial about something. She goes, oh, well, we're all here because she notices Willis and Kimberly, you know, on the uh, the steps up above. She goes, oh, well, we're all up. Why don't we have a party? And Arnold's like, yeah, I'll go get my harmonica. And he goes, runs off. Like, no, 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 no. We're all going back to sleep. There is no party. So Philip orders Arnold to bed. Like, we are all going to sleep. That is an order. And Arnold's like, all right, if you say so, Mr. Drummond. But I'll tell you, I don't think I'm ever going to sleep again if I don't have Homer. Oh, my God. Can you imagine doing that every night where he's constantly getting up and moving around and making racket? No. Oh, my goodness. So Philip says, yeah, you're going to sleep like a bit. It'll be fine. I'll go fluff your pillow. I'll tuck you in real tight. It'll be great. Okay, I got to ask because... 
how many times have I heard terms, I'll fluff your pillows for you? What does that do exactly? Does it provide, the pillow provide extra comfort in fluffing it? And basically when I see someone fluffing a pillow, it's like they're taking a hand on either edge and just pulling it from either end. Like, does that kind of shift? Like, sometimes like the pillow just bunches together too much? Or maybe because... It's got like your your head indentation in it from laying on it and for so long, or you just kind of I don't know I don't know. But I've always heard this term in television shows when like extra comfort, like here, let me fluff your pillow. I tell you, I tried that once and it did nothing for me. And Philip says, and you know what else is gonna happen? <laughs> once that's all done, you got your fluffed pillow, and I'm tucking you in. And Arnold says, yeah, I'll be staring at the ceiling for the rest of my life. (laughs) (laughs) And now, back to the Late Late Show. (laughs) Always with the chicken. I'll you. Mrs. Garrett, it's me. Oh. No fair, your bat's bigger than mine. Oh, I thought it was a prowler. Oh, thank goodness I didn't hit you over the head. Tomorrow's payday. You're wasting our time. Hey, Al, there's gotta be a safe around here someplace. Okay, okay. Look out for that lamp. Tommy, don't bump into anything else. Right, right. Let's find that safe. We're being robbed. You take the bat. I'm better with the phone. I'll call the police. Hey! Are you all right? Thank goodness they didn't see you. Ooh, the burglars. Burglars? I had to come up here from Harlem to get ripped off? <laughs> I hear something about used cars. Used cars? That crazy Sam the used car man. Arnold, is the television set on in there? Yeah, I couldn't sleep. You little devil. I'll turn off the set. Hey, what's going on down here? What's all the noise about? Oh, nothing much. Arnold can't sleep, so he woke up the TV to keep him company. <laughs> I'm telling you, I can't sleep without Homer. The monsters are getting me. You're a big boy. There are no monsters in your room. You never heard Willis snore. <laughs> Oh, well, as long as we're all up, why don't we have a party? Oh, boy! I get my harmonica! Hold it, Tiger. There's not going to be any party, and we are all going to bed, and that includes you, and that is an order. All right, if you say so, Mr. Drum. I do. But I'm telling you this, we're all home, or I may never sleep again. Of course you will. Arnold, I'm going to take you up to your room. I'm going to put you in your bed. I'm going to fluff up your pillow. And then I'm going to tuck you in all nice and snugly. And then you know what's going to happen? Yeah. I'm going to be staring at the ceiling for the rest of my life. Get up. <laughs> all right, so now we're going back to the boys' room. Looks like Arnold is asleep. 
Mrs. Garrett was singing to him. Philip, of course, was falling asleep standing up as he's leaning against the bedpost. Mrs. Garrett, of course, has to kind of tap Philip in the, on the shoulder like, check it out, he's asleep, let's go. I don't know about any of you, but, I mean, I don't have anyone, you know, singing me to sleep or anything. I can't remember as a child if anyone had done that, but I don't know. Is that effective? I mean, Mrs. Garrett's voice is, it's not especially soft, but it's not, you know, ear-splittingly loud either, but looks like he's asleep. Or is he? Lois has been sitting up the whole time, probably falling asleep. And they're like, alright, even Kimberly, who's sitting on the the bedroom floor there by the stuffed animals, is falling asleep. <laughs> oh, God. I guess I feel bad for them. Just They're losing sleep because they're trying to get Arnold to sleep. Really hope this isn't a weekday and the kids gotta go to school. <laughs> as soon as Philip touches the door handle to leave the room, Arnold pops up like a pop tart. He's like, "Well, Lydia, what, what, what else you got?" Oh my goodness gracious sake! I say just go back to bed and just let him do what he's gonna do. Granted, Willis has got to share a room with Arnold, so <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> there are any other rooms really in that place? The what? Okay, so. Willis and Arnold share a room. Then you got Kimberly with the room, Philip, and Mrs. Garrett. So there's four rooms. You gotta be kidding me. Philip says it's six in the morning. Oh my gosh, what time did he wake them up? And Philip's getting irritated. He's like, none of us has slept a wink. And Arnold, to his credit, is like, well, don't get mad at me. I didn't give Homer away. <laughs> Harold points down at Willis. He's the doll snatcher. And Willis is actually contemplating, hmm, how do I, how can I get to be the only child? Kimberly suggests Arnold have him count sheep again, which makes me think of the Punky Brewster episode in season one called Go to Sleep, where Punky isn't going to sleep and Henry's going to have her try counting sheep. And he's like, visualize it. The fence. The sheep. Do you see them? <laughs> and she starts counting and then all of a sudden she lets out this horrible scream and saying like sheep 22 crashed into the fence <laughs> oh god okay here's another thing seriously has anyone ever tried to count sheep at all whether as a kid or, or as an adult I, I might have tried it once as an adult and I was like this is not effective because if you think about it your brain's still, you know, thinking and, and, and counting and stuff. And it's like, no, no, no. You gotta, you gotta shut things down for the night. Instead of counting, why not try something where you're visualizing just something really comfortable that would make you f want to fall asleep? Like, I'm on a blanket of clouds or I'm in a nice, comfy, poofy bed and... I don't know. <laughs> Apparently Arnold's counted at least 2,000 sheep, so that ain't working. He jokes how he, he says he even sheared some of them and cut them up into lamb jobs. Oh, God. Willis gets out of bed. He's like, hey, I got an idea. How about we have 
Arnold count from down from 100. And then that way, with his eyes closed, I can belt him in the head. Oh my goodness. Giving your brother a concussion is not the way to go. <laughs> Mrs. Garrett comes over, puts an arm around Willis's shoulder, says, Willis, now no violence. No matter how bad the situation, unless it's completely necessary. Oh my god. And Philip is begging Arnold, like, the sun's gonna be up soon. And Arnold says, hey, if there's any way to stop it, I'll, I'll help you. <laughs> okay, another tactic of trying to get someone to go to sleep. Warm milk. Has that ever worked? I, I think warm milk, I'm like, ugh, no. The only reason I would heat milk up would be for hot chocolate. Which is another thing. You get the hot chocolate packets. Would you rather have it, you know, do the water thing, pop it in the microwave, or are you more partial to milk? Because on the package it says you can do either or. And Arnold's like, yeah, I'd love more milk. And they're like, oh, thank you. And he hops off the bed of the his bunk and it's like, yeah, especially with bacon and eggs and pancakes. Mm. It's like, hey, let's go have breakfast. <laughs> I just I feel bad for them because they are running on zero sleep. And if anyone's ever died, I did that once when I couldn't sleep when I was taking uh, English class at um, taking a college class and I was so worried about this paper I was writing. And just whether it was going to be good or not. And I just, I couldn't sleep. I was just tossing and turning the whole night. Or or another thing, like when you're really, really worried about something and you just, you're not getting any sleep. And it's like that lack of sleep seriously messes up your entire day. He will keep you from harm till you're once more in my arms. It is six o'clock in the morning and none of us has slept a wink. Don't get mad at me. I didn't give Homer away. He's did all snatcher. How can I get to be the only child? <laughs> Arnold, why don't you try counting sheep again? Oh, I already counted two thousand of them warheads. <laughs> I even sheared some of them and cut them up into lamb chops. <laughs> I got an idea. Mm. Okay, Arnold shuts his eyes and comes backwards for 100. Well, what does that do? It'll give me a chance to get behind him and belt him over the head. Please, Willis, no violence. Unless it's absolutely necessary. Please, Arnold, the sun will soon be up. If there's any way you can stop it, I help you. <laughs> Why not try some warm milk? Oh, I love warm I'm milk. Wonderful. Especially with bacon and eggs and pancakes. <laughs> Alright, so it looks like we're fast-forwarding a couple days into the future. Looks like they just finished up breakfast. Philip is pretty much out of ideas. 
As he talks to the doctor, he's worried about Arnold. He's not sleeping. And how the doctor did tell him, you know, eventually Arnold will have to sleep. He'll just exhaust himself. And it's been two days, guys. Two days. Oh my goodness. Now, it's not like they're dealing with a newborn and they're going through sleepless nights like you would. No, they're dealing with an eight-year-old or nine. Is he eight or nine? I can't remember. He's definitely not six. But he sometimes acts like, like he's six. But, hmm, this isn't good. They gotta get that doll back, man. They gotta get that doll back. So, Philip says, you know, the rest of us are falling apart. Arnold is absolutely fine. I mean, I'm sure if Willis knew what giving that doll away would do to the family, he would have thought twice about it. Philip jokes how his daughter's getting wrinkles, even though she's only 13. So Philip tells the doctor, like, look, I'll uh, call you if we survive, or if not, then Arnold will call you. <laughs> Philip's got a wine rack on the wall. So, Philip gets off the phone and Mrs. Garrett asks what the doctor said. And Philip tells her oh, pretty much the same thing he told me last time. That Arnold eventually will fall asleep on his own. Mrs. Garrett makes a joke how she is frightened that by the time that Arnold does, he'll be collecting social security by then. Oh, God. So, Philip went a step above what probably normal people did people would do. He hired a detective to try to track down the bear. The doll. The Paddington. This is it. Gosh, this is just like Punky Brewster with there being a back door. Mind you, this family does live in a high-rise um, complex. So they're way, way, way up. I mean, they even got an elevator in their building, which makes sense. He opens the door, and of course, we only see a shadow of a man that's wearing a hat. So, the guy comes in, and Philip asks him why he didn't just use the front door. And the detective tells him, well, I thought it was safer to use the back. You never know who's watching the building. Okay. Clearly takes his job very seriously. So, this is Private Eye Monroe, and Philip tells Mrs. Garrett that... Mr. Monroe is going to need to help find Arnold's doll. And Garrett, Mrs. Garrett says, well, it's worth a shot. And the private eye turns around like, shot? Who's been shot? Okay. Uh, $200 a day. That's not including the expenses. So what? Maybe like his lunches, his dinners, whatever. I mean, if he's got to, I don't know. He's got to travel probably, you know, gas money. That's a lot. That is a lot of money. Even in 1978, it's a lot of money. So Philip has no problem with it. Like, it's fine. This is a very unusual case. I just need you to find this doll. So Mr. Monroe says, well, you came to the right place. Finding dolls. Mr. Monroe is the name and finding dolls is my game. He sits down, asks for a description of the doll. And... Asks what what's the name of the doll. Philip says Homer, and the private eye looks at Drummond or Philip with a raised eyebrow, like oh kinky, because he still he probably thinks it's like a girly doll, not a 
stuffed bear. <laughs> I can't believe that Philip doesn't know what Homer looks like. Like, oh, what was the doll wearing? Uh, a raggedy blue thing. And Mrs. Garrett tells him, oh, he's also wearing a yellow hat. Basically, it's a Paddington doll. I still gotta watch those Paddington movies. They look so cute. And Hugh Bonneville from Downton Abbey is in them. This guy's a perv, man! Well, not like the Vengeful Man, but this guy... It's like, when was the last time the doll was seen? And... <laughs> Philip says, sleeping with my son. And... Mr. Monroe is like, alright! Like, dude... Did I mention my son is like eight years old? Calm yourself. What does this guy think? It's a child's toy. It's just a doll. Because he's like, hey, how old is your son? And Philip says, eight. And Mr. Monroe asks, are you putting me on? Even Burt Reynolds waited till he was ten. Okay, guy, it's not. What? 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 Oh, hmm. I don't know if this guy's worth $200, guys. Plus expenses. He's an odd one, this one. This one is a very odd duck. So, there's a bit of confusion. Luckily, Philip explains to him, like, it's my kid's doll. It's a stuffed doll. And the guy's like, oh, you mean like a doll doll? Like something that a kid would play with? Like, has fake eyes and a nose and all that? Yeah, that's exactly what he's saying. Sorry he doesn't have a picture of Homer, but... Oh, well, dumb dumb me, apparently, Arnold, um... Philip does have a picture of Homer and Arnold. There you go, you got something to work with, buddy. He's like, wow, this case just got interesting. This guy's a weirdo. I don't know, I don't trust him, but... I don't think he's worth $200, let alone his salt. Oh, this guy is looking at the picture like, which one's Homer? And Mrs. Garrett is looking at him, like, rolling her eyes, like, the one with the fake eyes. It's like, oh, yeah, I got you. So the the real one, the tall one, is the kid. Oh, my God. Where did you find this man the Yellow Pages? You surely didn't find him on Craigslist. So Philip explains, like, this is vital. You need to find this doll. Okay, so they did get... The address for at the charity sale. Good, good, good. Okay, so and there's a picture of you can't really see the picture, but apparently, so I guess it's supposed to be Arnold and uh, his bear. Looks like he's sitting next to a dinosaur. No, wait, that's his hand. Okay, can't really see the picture that much. So, Mr. Monroe asks who bought it, and Philip tells him, we don't know, just some man. And Mr. Monroe says, well, that narrows it down to about half of New York. The, the, the address is on the back. Have your works done for you, right there. So, Mr. Monroe looks at Philip and asks, like, any other clues? Dude, there's a picture of the doll. There's an address of where the dang, the, 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 the sale, the, the, the guy who bought the doll... Just go to that address. Talk to the man. Have the picture, Andy. Like, this doll. Did you buy this doll? Okay, we need this doll back. Here, I'll, I'll reimburse you. You'll get 30 cents. Double your money back. No, wait, he paid 10 cents. 20 cents. Give me the doll. 
this family's in dire need. They're not sleeping at all. They're not sleeping. This, this six, eight-year-old boy is, like, keeping them up every single night. So, apparently every effort that they have already made, they've exhausted their efforts. Every, where, the, they hit a dead end. Wait a minute. You got the address on the back, man. How are you not finding the doll? Mr. Monroe is like, what do I look like? The Pink Panther? I'm sorry, but when I think Pink Panther, I think of the Pink Panthers in the cartoon. I don't think of that that man that looks like an inspector private eye. I was an adult before I realized like they were one and the same. Like The Pink Panther cartoon was just like uh, basically the movie and, and the animal or the inspector they're two completely different separate things apparently so both Mrs. Garrett and Philip are telling him this is a matter of utmost importance I can't begin to tell you my son has not slept in two days you need to find this doll like, if it's 200 bucks a day, it's like, he's already on the clock, so he needs to get his fanny in gear. What are you still doing here? Get in your car and find the doll. You got the picture, you got the address. Go! Go, go, go! Dude, seriously. It's like, why don't you just buy the kid a new doll? Seriously, man? They would have tried that. It ain't gonna work. Earl needs his doll. They don't make the Paddington Bear doll anymore. So if that's the case, then more than likely, Arnold has had this toy since he was a baby then. So clearly whoever got the doll must have been a collector. Yeah, because they don't make them anymore. That's probably he saw it. It's like, oh, I want that doll. I don't care if the nose is rubbed off and the eyes are, you know, got scratches on them. I want that doll. He's like, I'm going to wait around for 30 plus years and... One day, there's going to be a site where I can throw this up on and get money for it. So, Mr. Monroe's like, gosh, I really wish he had lost a cat. I mean, cats I can find. I mean, I got this old suit that smells like fish. Um, okay, this guy is, uh, getting a little on my nerves. He's like, hey, I got it. We'll blow up the picture. We'll make a duplicate of the doll. He'll never know the difference. Yes, because that kid wants to be hugging a piece of paper. This isn't a paper doll scenario, sir. It's a stuffed animal. Because he's talking about blowing up the picture, enlarging it, and making a duplicate of the doll. What? 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 From the picture? So he's going to be, Arnold's going to be uh, hugging a a piece of cardboard? A piece of paper? Apparently... Uh, Philip and Mrs. Garrett are cool. They're like, hey, that's great. Because the guy's like, hey, the kid will never know the difference. Yeah, right. Okay, guy, you do realize it's a stuffed animal. Why are we asking for distinguishable marks? Like, um, birthmark or mole or something? Oh, you ask things like, hey, does it got a scratch on it? Is it missing an ear? Is there stuffing coming out of it? Is there a loose thread? Is it like uh, the fur has been worn off in some spots from being hugged too much? 
Strawberry jam on the left elbow. There's a stain. Okay, that's something to go on. So, Arnold comes down the stairs and says, I'm hungry again. And Philip says, well, Mr. Monroe, this is my son. And the Mr. Monroe's like, oh, how you doing, Homer? What? Dude, you were an idiot. You have a picture of Arnold and Homer. Oh, my gosh. And Mrs. Garrett's like rolling her eyes like, that's Arnold. What's wrong with you? So, Philip tells Arnold, like, this man is a detective. He's going to help you find your doll. And Arnold's like, wow, a real private eye. The guy repeats the same thing he said to Philip, saying, Monroe's the name, finding dolls is my game. I will have your doll back here in your arms by nightfall. And Arnold says, oh, don't worry, I'll be up. Like, I never sleep. <laughs> Mrs. Garrett's like, won't we all? So, Mr. Monroe's gonna go pound the pavement and says, don't worry, I'll find your doll by. <laughs> okay, it's not worth $200. In 1978 or in 2021. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. No. Yes, well, I'm very concerned about Arnold, Doctor. I know that you told me he'd eventually fall asleep, Doctor, but that was two days ago. The rest of us that are falling apart, Arnold's just fine. <laughs> My daughter's getting wrinkled. She's only 13. <laughs> yes, I'll call you later, Doctor, if we survive. If we don't, Arnold will call you. <laughs> Goodbye. What'd the doctor say? Same as before. Not to worry. Arnold will eventually fall asleep on his own. I have this horrible feeling that he'll be collecting Social Security by then. <laughs> well, I had an idea. I've hired a private detective. I'll get it. <laughs> Foreman? Yes? <coughs> Miles Monroe, private eye. Oh, yes, please, come in. Why didn't you use the front door? I thought it would be safer to come up the back. You never can tell who's watching a building. You know what I mean? <laughs> Miles Monroe, private eye. Garrett, housekeeper. Mr. Monroe is going to help us find Arnold's doll. It's worth a shot. Shot? Who's been shot? No, no, no. Just a figure of speech. Hey, look, Drummond. I charge $200 a day plus expenses. Take it or leave it. That's all right. This is a very unusual case. I want you to find a doll. Well, you came to the right guy. Monroe's the name. Finding dolls is the game. <laughs> okay. Now, what's this doll's name? Homer. Kinky. <laughs> Now, uh, what was the doll wearing? A uh, kind of a raggedy blue thing. With a little yellow hat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what was this doll last seen? Uh, sleeping with my son. All right. How many things is How old is your son? Lady. Oh, okay. Eight years old. You put me on, Drummond. Even Burt Reynolds waited till he was ten. <laughs> You don't seem to understand. My son's doll was given away, and I'm hiring you to find it. Now, wait a minute. Are we talking about a stuffed doll with fake eyes? Ordinary kind of doll that kids play with? That's right. Well, now this case is getting interesting. Here, here's a picture of Arnold and Homer. Which one's Homer? The little one with the fake eyes. Oh, gotcha. So, uh, the other one, the tall one, is the real kid. 
Well, naturally. I just wanted to show you you're not dealing with some loser from the gong show. It's vital that you find this doll, Mr. Monroe. Now, it was bought by somebody at a charity sale at this address. Okay, now who bought it? We don't know, just some man. That narrows it down to only half of New York. <laughs> Got any other clues? No, that's all I'm afraid. Every effort we made to find the doll ended in a dead end. That's all? Who do you think I am, Drummond, the Pink Panther? <laughs> Please help the poor child. There must be something you can do about it. Look, Mr. Monroe, I can't tell you how important it is that my son get his doll back. Now, he has not slept in two days. Hey, Drummond, what's the big deal? Why don't you just buy the kid a new doll? No, no, we tried that. They don't make them anymore. Ah, uh, let me think. Well, I sure wish he'd lost a cat. Cat? Yeah, I never have any trouble finding cats. I have this old suit that smells like fish. <laughs> now, look, Mr. Monroe. Okay, wait a minute, wait a minute. Just let me think. I got it. We'll blow up this picture. I'll have an exact duplicate made of the doll. Yeah. We'll give it to the kid. He'll never know the difference. He's off to dreamland, and the case is closed. That's a great idea. <laughs> Mr. Monroe, I could kiss you. That'll cost you extra, baby. <laughs> oh, look, Drummond, can you remember any identifying marks on the doll, like a uh, birthmark or a mole? <laughs> I seem to remember a spot of strawberry jam right on the left elbow. Yeah. Sometimes Arnold would wake up with Homer stuck to his ear. Hungry <laughs> again. Here's my son, Mr. Monroe. How you doing, Homer? That's Arnold. This man is going to uh, find your doll, Arnold. He's a detective. Oh, boy, a real private eye. That's right, kid. Monroe's the name. Finding dolls is my game. I'll have Homer back here before the night's over. Mm, don't worry, I'll be up. Well, we all. <laughs> Well, kid, I gotta hit the pavement. Pound a lot of shoe leather before the night's over. Keep in touch, okay, kid? <laughs> See you, Drummond. Thanks for hiring that guy to find Homer, Mr. Drummond. Now I feel a lot better. Good. Now that we're gonna get Homer back, how about taking a nap? Nah. I got a better idea. Let's go jogging. <laughs> so, yeah, now that, you know, they're going to find Homer, that's good news. So, Philip suggests Arnold take a nap because he hasn't been to bed. So, if he ain't sleeping at night, he ain't going to take a nap during the day. And Arnold says, no, nah, I'm going to go jogging. <laughs> now, we are in the living room. It looks like the family is trying to stay awake. Like, four o'clock in the afternoon. But Arnold is like, he's flying high. His arms are out. He's like, I'm up in the airplane. Woo! Running around the room. This kid's got so much energy. that Energizer Bunny would be jealous. Oh, everyone's starting to I'm a 7.47. <laughs> Arnold. Even a 747 had to land sometimes. I'll get it. Oh, it's the guy with the doll. Hello? Oh. No, it's the door. It's the door. Goodbye. <laughs> yeah, at some point while Arnold is flying around the living room, Philip is like, okay, enough of this. He picks up Arnold like, no, you're going to sit here and just calm down because we are all exhausted. 
the doorbell rings and Mrs. Garrett, who is like literally asleep on her feet practically, goes over to the phone because she thinks it's the phone that's ringing and not the doorbell. So Philip says, all right, and it's the doorbell, let me get it. And of course we see the shadow of the private eye, Mr. Monroe. So Arnold jumps up and says, hey, did you find Homer? And the private eye, Mr. Monroe's like, hey, one time, one thing at a time, kid. He unrolls this giant black and white poster of Arnold holding Homer. Do you recognize this, the two in this poster? And Arnold's like, yeah, that's me and that's Homer. And Arnold's like, ants in his pants just like, did you find him? Did you find Homer? And Mr. Monroe says, Monroe always finds his doll as he pulls out what looks like a Paddington bear. And same thing with Stephanie Tanner when her parents tried to... No, when Joey came back with what looked like Mr. Bear. Arnold holds onto the doll, looks at it like upon inspection and says, This isn't Homer. I was fooled at first. Like, hey, is that Homer? He found the doll. Like, oh, wait. No, he didn't. Shoot. Philip says, is there anything you want to say to Mr. Monroe, Arnold? And Arnold says, yeah, this ain't my doll. And Philip's like, what are you talking about, Arnold? And Willis takes the bear from Arnold and says, this looks like Homer to me. And Arnold says, hey, when you've been sleeping with a doll for like eight years, you know whether or not it's the doll or not. Like, he knows. So, uh, Mr. Monroe takes Philip aside and says, well, tough luck, Drummond. Looks like that's 200 clams down the toilet. And Drummond tells him, Drummond, sorry, Philip tells him, I'll have my secretary write you a check, come by my office. So, before Mr. Monroe leaves, like, that's the problem with this job. You get so emotional with the kids. Bye. (laughs) So, Arnold, of course, now is upset that Homer's still missing. Philip says, I'm sorry that you're upset, Arnold, and I didn't mean, you know, I'm sorry I tried to trick you. How? I thought they said they didn't make him anymore. If that's the case, where did this doll come from? Someone's garage sale? Was Goodwill around at this time? The Salvation Army? Was the private eye like, like let, let me see if I can find this doll here. Looks like this. Oh, you got one? Great. Because he even said they don't like him anymore. Then where did this one come from? I thought they got on the picture of Anderson was the person that bought the dang doll for 10 cents. You just go in the dang house, say, hey, sir, my kid needs his doll back and get the doll. Bing, bang, boom. Problem solved. I mean, did the man, like, buy the doll and leave the country? Or did he give a fake address? I don't know. I want to know where Homer went. I really want to know. We will never know. So, Philip says the only reason he went and did this and procured another doll somehow. Well, what? I'm confused. We're... Okay, remember when the private eye said, I'll blow up the picture, we'll make a duplicate of the doll or something? How do you do that? I thought he was saying, like, we'll blow up the picture, cut the the doll out of the picture. I, I don't know. I don't even know, man. I don't know. 
But he just tells him, like, we were just so worried because you hadn't slept. That's why, you know, I went to the extreme of throwing 200 bucks down the toilet. And Arnold is just destroyed. He's like, Homer's gone forever. And Philip picks him up, sits him on his lap, and says, Look, Arnold, sometimes in our lives, we get attached to things, and something happens, and we just... So sometimes in life we have to say goodbye to things. Even things that we love a lot. And of course we see Arnold yawn really big. Like he looks like he is starting to fall asleep. Like that 48 hours of no sleep is like finally hitting him. And Philip continues saying, you know, that's part of growing up. And you don't have to have a doll. You know, you don't got to have a doll or anything else to hold on to to feel secure. Or to help you go to sleep. He tells Arnold, you're surrounded by people who love you, and that's the greatest security there is. And of course, he looks like Arnold is asleep. Or so we think. (laughs) Philip looks behind him at Willis, Kimberly, and Mrs. Garrett and points, he's asleep. And I love how Willis is like, yes! So, Philip picks up Arnold and starts carrying him up up the stairs, but he doesn't even get to the first step. (laughs) <laughs> and Arnold's like, hey, what do you know? I'm asleep. <laughs> I can sleep. No way. Philip is holding him, cradling Arnold in his arms. And I love how it's like, Arnold just like, hey, everybody, I can sleep. It's like, dude, you are going to give Philip a... Yeah, man, don't do it to him. <laughs> <laughs> and Philip just races up the stairs with Arnold in his arms like no you're going to bed buddy you have put us through enough in the last 48 hours good night oh, Willis follows right after them <laughs> hey <Ramen? laughs> I hope did you get it <laughs> did you find Homer one thing at a time kid uh-huh. Recognize anything in that picture? Yeah, that's me and Homer. This kid doesn't miss a trick. Well, did you find him? Did you find him? Miles Monroe. Oh, he's got this doll, kid. <laughs> All right! He got him! Thank goodness. Family can go to bed. Well, isn't there anything you want to say to Mr. Monroe, Arnold? Yeah. This ain't my doll. What? Yeah. You gotta be kidding me. What are you talking about, Arnold? This ain't Homer. Uh-huh. It looks like Homer to me. It looks like Homer, but it ain't Homer. Oh, Arnold, how can you tell? When a guy sleeps with a doll for eight years, he gets to know. Jeez. <laughs> Tough luck, Drummond. Because that's 200 clams down the old toilet. <laughs> well, thanks anyway. Stop by my office tomorrow. My secretary will have a check for you. I'm sorry about the kid. That's the trouble with being a private eye. Get so emotionally involved with the kids. (laughs) (laughs) You're right, Arnold. This isn't your doll, and I'm sorry that I tried to trick you. I only did it because it's impossible to find Homer again, and we're also worried because you hadn't slept. Homer's gone forever. 
Listen, Arnold. I know it's hard, but sometimes in life, we have to say goodbye to things. Even things that we love a lot. That's part of growing up. Yes, I think you fall asleep. But you don't have to have a doll or anything else to hold on to to feel secure and to help you go to sleep. You're surrounded by people that love you. And that's the greatest security there is. officially thought of the rating system like with Punky Brewster I had the Brandon Tailwag rating with Silver Spoons it was the Toy Train rating so for this one I think just as a placeholder until I can think of a more permanent one it's gonna be a Homer doll rating so on a scale of one to five Homers I would rate this one, I'm going to rate it a three. It's going to be my average point, three. I really, I liked that we got to see the family having to deal with the repercussions of Homer being lost. They're not sleeping. Arnold's not sleeping. I liked that... Philip went so far as to hire a private detective. And I also like that um, Philip's speech at the end about how sometimes in life growing up we tend to lose things that are very important to us. But also realizing like just because Homer's gone doesn't mean that you don't you have your family and that's you know security for you but I also think in a way that maybe sometimes family isn't enough you just need the extra comfort but I just I understand where Philip was coming from wanting Homer wanting Homer <laughs> wanting Arnold to understand that these things in life happen we can't always, you know, we can mourn the loss of our childhood companion, but to just be so consumed and with just eventually you are going to have to accept the loss and move forward. This, um, actually that's going to be my comparable moment, so I'll uh, put a pin in that one. For the two things I you know, I knocked off two, I'm going to call them Homer heads. I'm going to, I knocked off two Homer heads for the private eye. This guy is a laugh. I'm telling you. <laughs> and I didn't realize it until I listened to it a second time. He, when he says, when he's thinking doll, he's thinking of a woman. That's why when Phillips said, my son's eight, and then Mr. Monroe says, well, even Burt Reynolds waited till he was 10. It's like, okay, I get it. There's a don't jump there. Um, this guy was a kook. He really was. And the other reason I uh, took 
uh, Homer head off would be, I don't know, Will, I mean, I know that what Arnold said and told everyone he was done with the doll, but it's like, no, you just leave it there until Arnold is ready to move past it. So, like I had with the Punky's Principles, this one I think is going to be from... Abraham the fishbowl. Abraham's fishbowl. This is just kind of like um, my own little lesson that I got from the episode is just because someone says they're ready to give up on or move away from something, give up childish things, don't don't go ahead and like, well, they said they're getting rid of it or they don't want it anymore. Like, don't, it's not your job to dispose of something that someone is ready to get rid of. That is their decision, even if they say, well, I'm going to get rid of this. Don't do that for them. You let them go through the process of mourning and losing and being ready to say, okay, I've moved on from this. It was there when I needed it and now I want to give it to someone else who could benefit from you know and I don't know more likely that went to a collector that's what I would like to think that it that the doll went to someone who was just I mean for 10 cents or maybe like hey my kid needs a doll here we go I'll get a used one and so uh comparable moment of course I gotta go with Arnold on this one. I believe I have told this story before about when my dad and I, my cousin, went ice fishing. It was 1988. I was six. And McDonald's was doing a DuckTales, you know, the Happy Meal toys. And I had gotten the Huey, Dewey, Louie one on the little um, jet ski. And I don't know why I brought it with me when we went ice fishing. But my cousin's like, hey, let's see if this floats in this, you know, ice fishing hole that my dad had made. Nope. It sunk down, down, down into the depths of the lake. It was gone. I was distraught. I went home crying, like, can I get another one? Can we get another one? And it's like, um... And my grandma, my mom's mom, didn't really say the kindest words to me like Drummond. She said, it's just a toy. Get over it. Yeah. So, or I think she told me, like, to grow up. It's like, I was six. Come on. But that's my comparison for that. Alright, so next week I'm going to be focusing on Season 1, Episode 7, entitled The Trial, which aired December 15th, 1978. In this episode, after reading a book on the American legal system, Willis demands a fair trial for Arnold after he is accused of putting his goldfish, Abraham, in the hot tub. Alright, everybody, I hope you all have a wonderful week, and that January is starting out to be... A good, like, 2021 starting out good for you. It's going good for me so far, so it's, and keep it up. <laughs> like I said, if you have your thoughts and opinions on episodes, I would love to hear them. Share them on the podcast. Just uh, send an email to punkypowerpbpodcast at 
gmail.com or if you want to message me on the different strokes to move the world a an unofficial different strokes podcast i would love to hear from you or even you know if you can relate to homer or relate to homer <laughs> sorry arnold if you can relate to arnold and the situation where you've lost a stuffed animal growing up and it was hard for you to move on from or even if you're a parent and you have a child who is having difficulty you know after they've lost a favorite stuffed animal or something that meant a lot to them and they're you know having difficulty coping just what are your methods how do you how did you move on from that if you were a child and lost a stuffed toy or if you're a parent and your child is going through the same thing how do you help them to cope So I would love to hear your answers. Have a great week, everyone. Bye-bye.